Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. Another huge development in the race for a COVID-19 vaccine. American biotech firm Moderna says its experimental vaccine is proving to be 94.5% effective in preventing the disease. The company cited preliminary data from a late-stage trial in the U.S. conducted on 30,000 adults, including high-risk or elderly persons. The company expects to have enough data on the vaccine's safety to secure U.S. authorization in the coming weeks. The first agreement that we reached with the U.S. government was for an order of 100 million dollars. So we anticipate to be able to ship up to 20 million of those 100 million before the end of the year, assuming we get the green light from the FDA, uh, I would say sometime in December. Medical experts, including the World Health Organization's chief scientists, welcomed Moderna's findings, but said they need more data about the vaccine to wait and see what the final efficacy and the safety profile of this vaccine will be when the whole data is analyzed after they reach their uh, primary endpoint and also have enough follow-up of at least two months of half the trial participants um, for the side effects. I still want to see the totality of the data. I want to see about serious adverse events. I want to see exactly who was affected in terms of how they're getting their 90% plus efficacy. So there's still a lot to learn, but the data in itself is encouraging. Aside from Moderna, the experimental drug of Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech is said to be over 90% effective in preventing COVID-19 based on early data. Drug maker Pfizer announces its pilot program for COVID-19 immunization in the United States to help refine the plan for the delivery and deployment of its vaccine. Pfizer selected four states, Rhode Island, Texas, New Mexico and Tennessee for the project, noting their differences in population size, diversity of populations and immunization infrastructure. But Pfizer clarifies the four states will not receive vaccine doses earlier than other states. The battle against COVID-19 is not a choice between life and livelihoods as they are both part of the same fight. That's according to the World Health Organization. It adds there's no room for complacency, even with positive news on the vaccine front. There is no excuse for inaction. My message is very clear. Act fast, act now, act decisively. A laissez-faire attitude to the virus, not using the full range of tools available, leads to death, suffering, and hurts livelihoods and economies. It's not a choice between lives or livelihoods. The quickest way to open up economies is to defeat the virus. This is a dangerous virus which can attack every system in the body. Those countries that are letting the virus run unchecked are playing with fire. 
COVID-19 has infected 54.8 million people worldwide. Over 1.3 million have died, while 35.2 million have recovered. COVID-19 cases in the Philippines now nearing 410,000. That's after the health department logged over 1,700 new infections on Monday. The country has been reporting fewer than 2,000 daily cases for about a week now. Despite the declining trend, Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Vergeres says people should not be complacent. She warns another surge in COVID-19 cases is possible, with many Filipinos forced to stay in evacuation centers due to the recent typhoons. The death toll is at 7,800 after seven new fatalities were recorded. That's the country's lowest daily death tally in nearly three months. In other news, the city of Marikina declares a month-long suspension of classes due to the severe damage left by Typhoon Ulysses. Marikina Mayor Marcelino Teodoro says the suspension may even extend until January, depending on the city's rehabilitation efforts. Ulysses left 30 billion pesos in economic and infrastructure damage to the city, while over 3,800 families remain in evacuation centers. Mayor Teodoro now pushing for an integrated approach in addressing climate change. Proper implementation of this existing laws and uh, utilization of the existing institutional framework will, will address what we course, I think it will, it will divert or simply uh, put away uh, the obligation uh, mandated to the particular agency uh, concerned. Uh, let us optimize the, the, the capacity of the uh, existing agency. Uh, the task force would be, I think, uh, would be simply on an interim basis, transitory lang. Baka, Pero yung, yung effect ng climate change is something now permanent and fixed and a solution will be on a long-term uh, basis. Congress planning to investigate the cause of the massive flooding in the Cagayan Valley, which claimed several lives in the region. Lawmakers, led by House Speaker Lord Alan Velasco, filed House Resolution 1348, directing appropriate committees to immediately conduct the investigation. Velasco says there is an urgent need to examine the actions that were taken before, during, and after the onslaught of Typhoon Ulysses. Lawmakers also want to look into the decision of the National Irrigation Administration, or NIA, to open the spillway gates of the Magat Dam. Over at the upper chamber, Senator Francis Pangilinan, a former NIA chairman, is also set to file a resolution calling for a probe. The Philippine Irrigation Administration admits the timing and method of the Magat Dam's water release contributed to the massive flooding in Cagayan Valley. The agency also acknowledged it needs to revisit protocols on dam water release to prevent another disaster in the future. Dam and Reservoir Division Manager Eduardo Ramos also suggests dredging the Cagayan River as well as the reforestation of the dam's watershed. Mahina na po yung water holding capacity ng, ng mga bundok natin kasi wala na ng mga kahoy, wala na rin mga roots. Ito po ang national government, pagtulungan okay. po ng DNR at sa kaniya po. DNR po yung iba nagmimintin po. So kailangan talaga yung massive reforestation. 
Cagayan Governor Manuel Mamba echoes Ramos's sentiments, saying the massive flooding could have been prevented if only the dam's watershed had been well kept. Mamba adds his legal team is studying the possibility of filing charges over what happened. He should also take partly the blame, and it should be incumbent upon you to see to it that your watershed that supplies your dam is well kept. Because hindi nyo makontrol na yung pagdating ng tubig, hindi nyo rin makontrol yung pag-release, baka pumutok na yung dam. Kaya yun lang po ang gusto natin ma-investigahan. Kung meron mang dapat nyong tinitignan ng gusto is kagayan because we are not getting anything, any advantage from your water. We always get the disadvantage part from your water. Remember this, you do not irrigate a single hectare of my province and you are irrigating 80,000 hectares of Isabela. The country does not need another task force or, or for disaster response. Instead, environmental group Greenpeace Philippines is urging President Duterte to declare a national climate emergency. The group says this will empower the local government units to respond to calamities and pave the way for a long-term solution to the climate crisis in the Philippines. We don't need a national task force, actually, to keep on responding to everything that's happening in uh, localized places. We need uh, LGUs to be uh, to have more capacity, to have more resources, to be able to determine the risks um, and manage the risks um, in their localities because they're the ones best placed to respond. Um, the climate crisis is here to stay. Unless we have plans that are comprehensive and that are forward-looking, like um, planning for long term, um, what will happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Unless we have uh, plans like those, um, we'll be stuck in a cycle of just responding to every disaster that comes in and it's not sustainable. Over 250 tons of relief goods and construction materials now on their way to Typhoon Hit Catanduanes. The items are currently on board one of the Philippine Navy's largest vessels, BRP Tarlac. It left the Manila South Harbor this morning with Defense Chief Delphine Lorenzana leading the send-off. The relief items came from different groups, including various government agencies, non-government organizations, and private individuals. Several student groups in the Philippines calling for a nationwide suspension of classes as the country reels from recent typhoons amid the pandemic. As Dwight De Leon tells us, the students are fed up by the government's supposed poor crisis response. Several students across the Philippines calling for a nationwide academic break in the wake of crisis that hounded the Philippines in the past weeks. Many universities no longer waited for an order from the national government and moved to either ease workload for students or suspend online classes completely for the current week. These include the country's big four academic institutions, University of the Philippines, Ateneo de Manila University, University of Santo Tomas, and De La Salle University. The USD administration points out this is an important time to show the virtue of compassion amid the pandemic and impacts of typhoons. For over 100 faculty members in UP Diliman, including President Duterte's former social welfare chief Judy Tagiwalo, the current semester must end three weeks ahead of schedule. 
Their signed petition argues it is inhumane to pressure students to finish the remaining days of the semester in the middle of downed power lines, internet connection, and destroyed properties. Even as the UP administration says it is unlikely to end the semester now, calls mount for a timeout for students in the country. It's imperative that DepEd and CHED review the guidelines for remote learning class suspensions. We demand an academic break to assess the current education situation, review faculty and student workload, implement a no-fail policy, and provide aid to those in need of food, shelter, and other necessities. It's also important to move deadlines. The students are likewise at the helm of the call for quality and accessible, inclusive education amid the pandemic. Other students go one step further. In Ateneo de Manila, over 500 students have signed a petition for a mass student strike. They say they condemn the government's criminally neglectful post-disaster response. Malacanang acknowledges the students' academic freedom, but nonetheless offers them a grave warning. Kabahagi din po ng academic freedom ng mga eskwelahan na mag-impose ng academic requirements para matapos po ang kurso ng mga estudyante. At kapag hindi po nag-comply sa mga academic requirements na yan, eh meron silang karapatan ipagkait ang kahit anong degree sa mga estudyante. Human rights leaders welcome the students' move. Former lawmaker Eta Rosales says mass action is a basic right students can enjoy. While Karapatan's Christina Palabay points out the move comes in the context of a long history of student activism amid pervading social issues. For progressive group Anakbayan Laguna, the students' role in times of crisis has always been evident. In the wake of actual storms to have hit the Philippines, the group remembers the first quarter storm of 1970, a watershed event marred by protests led by students who were radicalized against the regime of a dictator. Now, their call, no online classes until Duterte steps down from power. Dwight De Leon, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Budget Department adds 10 billion pesos to the National Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Council's funds following the destruction left by Typhoon Ulysses. Budget Chief Wendell Avisado says while the NDRMC still has 6.8 billion pesos, this will go to quick response funds of relevant national government agencies. It will also cover augmentation of calamity funds for local government units in the Bicol and southern Tagalog region battered by Typhoon Quinta and Super Typhoon Rolly. We at DPM recommended the provision of financial assistance to local government units to augment para mat matagdagan po yung calamity funds nila uh, pagkatapos sila maapektuhan ng Typhoon Quinta and Rolly chargeable against the interim fund. Ang, uh, ang katumbas po nito ay 1% of their era. At uh, we take into consideration the estimated amount of damage and number of affected population. That's 1.5 billion po yan na i-release natin. Uh, baka kung hindi ngayon, eh, baka bukas po, basta within the week. The country's top disaster agency recommended on Monday declaring a state of calamity in the entire Luzon after three consecutive typhoons wreaked havoc across the country's biggest island group. President Duterte has yet to approve the said recommendation. 
And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back the interviews too on ANC's YouTube channel. Keep safe, everyone, as you keep it here on ANC.